episode three of the Lane the Foundation series, episode four of Alienation. I got my man Tyler on the radio, on the podcast. Um, one thing that I want to mention, I'm, I'm going to start mentioning it at the beginning of every episode, is that everything that's said on this podcast, on, on all of the episodes, is a representation of the natural person, and that um, nothing that is said on this podcast uh, is... Uh, an endorsement of the corporate person that um, all of us have to represent in order to make our lives work in this uh, system. So anyways, anything that's said on here is pretty much um, not representative of the artificial or corporate person that is on our birth certificate and driver's licenses and all of uh, the supposedly official paperwork. Um, but anyhow, um, got my man Tyler on. Um, What's up, guys? <clears throat> the the very first episode of the Laying the Foundation series, the best part of that, or at least uh, everybody that I've talked to about that episode said that the best part was actually the part that um, Tyler inspired, uh, which was about ego and false ego. Um, but anyhow, um, go ahead and introduce yourself, Tyler, and we'll get to the ego thing in just a minute. What's up, guys? Uh, name's Tyler. Um, I grew up outside... Richmond, Virginia, pretty rural area. Um, grew up Beaver going Dam. Beaver Dam. Yep, Hanover County. Um, went to public school. Uh, I studied mechanical engineering at University of Virginia. I got my degree um, in mechanical engineering. Yep. Virginia. Yep. Pretty nice. Yep. Followed the. The path that everyone told me to, to do. Right. <laughs> How'd that work out? Um, I mean, you do have a job, like, kind of in the engineering field, at least a little. Yeah. Do you have to have an engineering degree to hold your position? No. 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 I. Um, it helps, though, right? Projects. Well, it helps. Yeah, it helps with a lot of different jobs. But, um, yeah, I studied engineering, and I did design work for a little while after college, and had some pretty cool experiences uh, doing that kind of work, but um, essentially most of it was behind a desk and I didn't take me long to realize I couldn't work behind a desk for, for that much time during the day. And um, I made a choice and quit and <laughs> actually broke up with my girlfriend at the time and moved out and, didn't really know what I was going to do, but I had some ideas. I, I took a motorcycle trip. I, um, I went to live at a ashram, uh, in Buckingham and spent some time there in Buckingham County, Virginia. Mm -hmm. Nice. And worked on the farm there for a while and eventually moved across the river, worked on a farm over there, moved down the river, worked on a farm down Mara? there uh the james actually yeah, all the way it like way up to the james up there, yeah. mm -hmm. um and then after i had my farming done i moved to colorado and spent a winter season on the slopes it was a lifty it was pretty dope <laughs> colorado is awesome um what brought you back it was so awesome well, so that was about like three years 
a little shy of three years of doing all that. And I was living communally. I was, you know, I didn't really have my own space. I you know, often had to like, like didn't have a kitchen, had to make my own food all the time. And, you know, was just really yearning for some roots. So then by the time, and then when I was in Colorado, I was pretty much living in a dorm and I decided it was time to come home and settle down a little bit, bought a house, got a job doing renovations, actually did that for a year and a half. And somewhere in the middle there, I met Garnet (laughs) and, um, yeah, did that. He so he came and went while I was there, and then I didn't leave. I mean, I think I spent like another six months there or something, and got a job at a construction company here in Richmond, and been working there for almost two years. Um, yeah. Nice. And um, what about the podcast uh, attracted you to to want to be on here? I guess uh, what attracted me, I mean, we would, you know, you, we, I don't know, did you do it before we did the floor? No, no, no. Um, I had, I had thought about doing it. Yeah, so we had talked, we talked about it, like, before you really. I had discussed it with a few friends. I said that, you know, I was thinking about getting the podcast started, but no, I hadn't actually started it. Yeah. Yeah. But like, yeah, I mean, we, we, we've seen each other since then. I mean, we've talked about it. I mean, you know, like you said before, I, you, you were kind of asking me like some things I was interested in and you talked about the ego on the, on the first episode. And, um, well, I mean, like, so one of, one of the like reasons that I started is like anybody that I feel like has something that they want to share with, with other people that will maybe be receptive just because like, you know, this is, this is kind of a community where like, obviously I talk about conspiracies and some far out stuff and like, um, you know, some spiritual stuff. And so like the, the content that I cover makes it so that my audience is going to be pretty much like open to whatever. So I mean, like, what is, if there was anything that you wanted to share with an open mind, what would that be? Share about, just the world in general or your your story or the, like the human story or any, like anything anything that you feel is like would be important like you know christians uh, they, like they proselytize you know and like the, so that i feel like because of the way they do that it actually discourages people from like sharing their story or like sharing their thoughts and ideas that they find important because then they feel like they're proselytizing but like the way i feel about it is like if you have a really good idea or a really good thought or like you just want to like share love or like just let people know like, hey man, humanity still exists. Like I know it's fucking horrible out here, but like we can help each other. Like we can start a community of real people. Like we can do it. Like whatever we have to do to like make this shit happen, you know, like let's just, just keep it real. Like that's really, that's really my only rule is keep it real. Um, yeah, all, all but, that. <laughs> but, but like, you know, like at the same time, like we were talking about on the episode with Langston, like, you know, when keeping it real goes wrong, it was like a segment that Dave Chappelle did one time. Like, you, you don't want to be too stupid in front of a cop. Like, you still have to, like, keep it low key and know how to maneuver this matrix, like, civilization system that they've set up. But yeah. At the same time, like, 
Because we were obviously collapsing and we need to like come together. Like the real people need to like come together and just, I feel like one of the only ways to do that is through open like communication and conversation. Yeah. And like, yeah, rising up, rising above, rising above all that, you know, like the political correctness. Yeah. And like understanding that it's there and that it exists, but just being aware of it and like dancing with it because that's a really good analogy. essentially that because so like that's what you're supposed to do with your ego too like you're not there's no way to, to completely kill your ego like it's always there in my opinion i think it's a contract that you sign when you come into onto this earth you know like you, yeah, you're almost signing like into to, like yeah like a soul contract like you're signing into this idea that like okay i gotta deal with this like completely alter ego <laughs> and just like but it, it's just it to me it's something that's of this earth like it's not you per se i mean but there's a, there's also a lot of other things too that are on this earth you but not necessarily you spiritually you know what i mean like this body is of this earth the ego is of the earth i think and then my consciousness is like multi-dimensional spiritual multiverse yeah yeah <clears throat> i mean i can see that i mean I, I also see where like once you start talking about that kind of stuff words like they break down a little bit you know like the body and the soul are connected and the mind are connected in ways too so like just just the the fact that you're separating them kind of that act of separating it is what is creating the ego but like you were saying like with the dancing like the ego doesn't have to be disease and so far detached from reality that is like poisoning the earth. I think we can live in harmony with the earth. I don't think anything like when you were saying the earth, you almost make it sound like it's a lower thing, but like what's wrong with it? You know? Nothing is beautiful. Right, right. So I feel like we should be actually protecting it instead of like Oh yeah, I'm not more, saying that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying like Completely we should be using ignore the higher it. part of ourselves to actually like treat this lower part of ourselves better and like well yeah 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 of course right. <laughs> no i mean but but when you say the ego like but like, i was i was making i was i was saying it was synonymous with like the ego is also like dealing with ignorance in the world you know like dancing with it like like being aware of what's actually going on but and then understanding what to do with it you know like that dance you make with society where it's like sometimes you want to isolate yourself and like be like okay i don't want to be a part of it at all and sometimes you're like oh wait this is really dope i just you know you want to infiltrate kind of like you know and dance with it you know but like understand this the the difference like understand that there is a difference or there is a separation not a difference a separation yeah, I mean, but like you said, we agreed to that. We agreed to it. Yeah. I don't know if you want to call it a soul contract or not. Or yeah. Like whatever you want to call it, an agreement. Yeah. You know, and, and, but that's a timeless agreement, unless you kill yourself. But I, like at the same time, I feel like we made that agreement because we have a purpose. Like I'm, a, I, I'm not a nihilist, you know, in the sense that, <clears throat> like, I'm I like deconstructing like a lot of cultures, institutions, and beliefs, and that, you know, people can call me a deconstructionist in that sense, you know, all the way to the point where, you know, I'm advocating for a tribal lifestyle, 
at the same time, I don't want to deconstruct that which is working for us, you know, like technology. Um, you know, technology can be great as long as it's not infected with a computer virus. <laughs> you know, we can, we can work with it. It's almost like a higher, we've created something that is a still kind of of this earth, like you were talking about, but it's also of a higher intelligence, not necessarily higher spiritually because we're all connected spiritually, but like we've kind of created a life form, you know, like it, this art, it, we call it artificial intelligence because we're scared of it, but it's like, it's already, it's already kind of gotten ahead of us. And I think most people just kind of know that, you know, but we're, a lot of us are still having a hard time admitting it, you know? <laughs> well, do you, I mean, I don't know. Do you believe in fate? And do you think that like, you know, fate, fate, fate and destiny, like are tricky ones. Um, like what you were saying, like we we're, you know, we signed a contract, and you know, and yeah, I believe you're destined, like maybe not destined, but I don't know. In, in that's in that regard, um, yes, I do believe that. Like when you talk about the the, spe- the splitting of the realms, like when you talk about the earthly realm, yes, I think like Newtonian physics kind of proved that. And we, and then we were scared of that for 60 years. So we were trying to like figure out like, okay, if everything is cause and effect, like how are we free, you know? Mm-hmm. And so like, we had a hard time like trying to figure that out and quantum physics, like kind of gave us like hope, but it's still like trying to fit it. Like we were trying to fit this thing that we don't understand into a model that it doesn't fit into. So like our minds have just kind of been blown, blown at this point And science is still just, kind of having a hard time accepting some of their own facts and some of their own experiments. Like oh, yeah. Like the double slit experiment and entanglement. Um, so it's a lot of sub, subatomic experiments that are considered quantum phenomena or whatever. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I pretty much consider that spiritual phenomena um, because you are going, at that point, you're going into another realm. Like those scientists are exploring another realm. But in this realm, I do think for the most part, um, the material world operates in cause and effect. And so to that extent, I believe in destiny, but I do think that free will (laughs) um, plays a role in that we can choose to embrace our destiny or resist our destiny. So I think that we do have that that choice. I think there are... That's like, that's the yin-yang. That's the yin-yang. That's why the yin-yang is a symbol that I'll always come back to because it's like, it's the individual and the tribe. You know, it's like, everybody wants to be an individual, but you can't really survive or thrive without a tribe. And so like, but you don't want to be a part of a toxic tribe either. And that's what I think all of us are experiencing in America and really globally is that our governments are toxic and like, we don't know what to believe. We're experiencing like a cultural collapse. And so another reason why I wanted to start this podcast is just to get the real people listening, the real people participating, the real people talking, because having conversation about real things and not, if I, if I misspeak and say something that might offend somebody, like, I'm so, I really am truly sorry, but I also find it more important to, like, feel open to saying whatever I want without being, like, chastised if I say something incorrectly. You I, don't think you, I, mean? I don't think you said anything that was... Uh, no, maybe you don't. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But there are people out there who, who, might, who might feel that way. Speaking of science just popped in my head when we were talking about uh quantum physics and antimatter and all that jazz have you have you seen the fusion energy 
in the news lately? So I have to admit, I've been a little more disconnected than I've ever been recently. Um, the news in general just seems like so negative. Well, this is good news. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm good on good news. And I'm not anti-news in general. Like, I yeah, have to check it's hard right though now. right now. I mean, it's, like, it's like, it's exhausting. Right. <laughs> I just can't take it anymore. <laughs> oh, man. No, but like Fusion Energy, they, so like they're... Is it nuclear? No. Okay. Well, no, it's not. It's basically creating a star and like putting it and, and like just, it's just perpetual energy from the star, like heat basically. It's like, it is fusion. It's a, it's, its own fusion reactor, like basically. Anyway. And so, I mean, it's basically it's, using it like... They're, they've created, they've created a, a star. Right, yeah. And that's using its own energy. And it's basically just always and creating energy. heat. It takes a lot of energy to, to create that. Yeah, yeah. But and that's what they're created, like. It just runs on itself. So that's what they're doing. They're trying to refine it to where, you know, they get more energy out of it than they do putting into it, which has been difficult. But they're working on it. I think it's going to be great. It's basically just free but energy got, all the time. I was going to say, but you've got to understand, they've been... They've been suppressing free energy for years. I know, but like they, you should you it's should look it up, man. Say. They built this. No, 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 they are starting to reveal it little by little. Like even like uh, the Dominion ship recently with the solar credits. Did the, you see the they built? Did built. you see they built a wind turbine off the coast? <clears throat> right. Yeah, but I mean, they they're getting it's it. That's I feel like they the pipeline been, got squashed too. The pipeline got squashed, but it's reaching a point where the Earth is making them sick. And it's starting to get to the point where they're like, oh my God, we actually need to listen to, to these, these so-called hippies or whatever. These yeah. people that have been telling us for a long time that like we're killing the earth and, um, you know, we do live here. So we should probably like maybe not do that. It's all about the money, man. <laughs> it, well, Last episode, it, you're talking about capitalism. About, I mean, yeah. that's what it is. Right. And that is why I... Uh, emphasize, and I don't know if I did it in the same, um, in that same context, actually, but to connect it to the conversation I had about cooperation and competition. You know, yeah. I like competition. I think we need to contain it within a set of cooperated, agreed upon rules, which is cooperation. Yeah. And cooperation does need to supersede competition, but we need to get that competitive passion, that monster within us out and i think we need do to you do think it. that that's like a quality that most people have that most people are competitive like by nature yeah in different ways though like yeah yeah some people will act like they're not and then like that's their way of doing it is like that's their game that they're playing how, <laughs> is that how, what you think how well can i act like i'm not really yeah is that what you think you yeah, think man. i mean you think every person that just doesn't want to play is 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 secretly inside like they're playing a different game they're not they, you're right no some people have genuinely withdrawn from certain games don't get me wrong that is that is real but they're playing a different game they're playing another game in their mind they're doing something to get that competitive edge out oh Even if i see they're what you're saying magic okay cards, got it all right so yeah yeah no people people have that for sure. All right. All right. Yeah, I think it's better to do it in a clean way. Like, I don't, I agree with these people that are saying we don't need, we don't need to be in a, in a 
we don't need to set up the world where it's so competitive that we're destroying the world. That's where I agree. We need to cooperate. We need to set up certain agreements at the top layer, at the top level, at the global level. Rules. Even yes. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not for a one-world government or a one-world order. Don't get me wrong. But at this point, because of uh, technology and because of globalization, we can't deny that we're all connected. And so we do need global rules, especially environmentally. That's the one that's key to me. Yeah. It's like we need basically to protecting save the where we live in order to even have the competitive <laughs> Exactly. <game. laughs> you know what I mean? I like playing this game, but we need right. to plan it to fucking play it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like we need to cooperate, and I do agree with that. We need to have regulation, and we need to contain our competition to a degree that's healthy and to a degree that benefits the globe, the human global society. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I do the good kind of competition. Right. I think cooperation does supersede competition, but at the same time, you can't kill competition. You're never going to do it, and if you try to do it, it actually creates a cancer that I think. Well, I mean, but you've seen people get like overly competitive. Of course, of course, when cheating. But don't you think that's always going to be there? Yeah, don't you think people are always going to want to want more? Yeah, that's a disease you need to contain. You need to have those regulations and those cooperative uh, rules. And that's, again, where it comes back to having the strong tribe. So how would you equate that kind of act, or that kind of tribal act or scenario in, like, today's world? Like, how do you how do you want to envision that? Because I'm, I'm kind of down with, like, I mean, because, like I said, I lived in this ashram, you know, for a while and, like, some communal living and, like, small groups of people that were kind of like, and we were living off the land and everybody was contributing and like felt good to have that community, you know, that small community. Like that's kind of what I envision is like, if we were to move to a more tribal way of living, you know what I mean? Like separated, but like connected, you know? Yeah. Connected by technology, I feel like, and connected by these overarching agreements that we do need still need to come to yeah i don't think we've already have already come to them especially when you consider most of the global uh, organizations are very corrupt and so it's like do we destroy them and create new ones or do we like let the rot rot out and use the same united nations logo to put up a better world I, i i don't know the answer to these types of questions but you know i'm i'm against prohibiting anything i think that the way the tribal law was set up was like, hey, people are going to mess up. Mistakes are going to happen. These horrible things, things that, that our culture calls horrible, they're going to happen. The way to limit them is to, to live in a different way, you know, and to, live in, to have a different vision for your, for your culture in general. Technology, you know, as technology has grown, I mean, I don't know. People have the tools now to do a, a lot more drastic things than they could do before people can themselves make huge decisions to impact a lot of people you know what i mean no i i do agree right and then when donald trump sends a tweet out you know the whole world goes nuts yeah and it's like why like we're taking him seriously because he was elected to this so-called official position but i think it's a a sign that the the old order is collapsing. What order is that? Just in general, 
you know, like on a spiritual level, this, this order that's been around for 12,000 years where it's like this totalitarian agriculture, like it's breaking down. There's more homeless people than ever. This COVID thing is really bringing it to the light. Um, and I, you know, people call homelessness a problem, but I think a lot of homeless people choose that lifestyle over having to work <laughs> 40 hours a week. Do you think? Yeah. Hmm. Especially ones that are really good at organizing people. Yeah. Well, you know, I want our, you know, the way our society works, you know, there shouldn't even be the possibility of there being homeless people. You know what I mean? Like, okay. I mean, it, we could give them our scraps and they could have, and even when it comes to housing. I mean, we've set up hierarchies in our society of like, you know, lower, well, lower middle class, them. middle class, upper middle, higher class, real high class, upper yeah. 10%, upper 1%. Stratified by money. Uh, tax, oh yeah. Tax bracket. That's what, that's the new class is tax bracket. Yeah, if you want to get down in there. Right, yeah, yeah, pretty much. But um, as far as, like, the homeless people, like, they, they're obviously the, the bottom class, considered, like, as far as the classism that you were talking about is concerned. And so, you know, like, I, I kind of, I'm almost envious of the homeless to a degree because they have a degree of freedom that we don't have as far as, like, being able to go where they want, when they want. Like, but, but don't get me wrong, there's obviously some cons to having to deal with the elements and, and these types of things as well. Um, but like you were saying, given our wealth, given our abundance in our society, like there shouldn't even be homeless. And like, instead of throwing all this food away, there's so many people that would be very willing to sign waivers at grocery stores every day and at restaurants every day and eat the, eat the food. Yeah. We shouldn't be throwing all this food away. It's absolutely right. ridiculous, but it's all part of the setup to like make people work. You know, it's all locking up the food and making food a product instead of something that can be gathered or hunted. Yeah, I was reading that in your in your Ishmael notes, I think, about like right, like not people not just because every, every if everyone had access to food, then no one would work. Right, and that's and that's kind of like you know you said you wanted to talk about you know kind of bring the, the conversation back to um, you know tribes when we took a break just a minute ago, and I think. You know, homelessness is kind of actually a pretty easy segue into tribes, or at least into like showing us how it can be done, um, because like they're doing it against the government's wishes and against like the the upper classes, the ruling class, whatever you want to call them, um, against their wishes, and they're st- and they're still succeeding. You know, and it's like um, they're a loose they're a loose tribe, they're a very loosely organized tribe, but homeless people recognize other homeless people. You know, and they and I think there's a certain respect there. Like you're, you're living it. You know, you're you're making it as a homeless person. Do you, you think know? that they're so? Not to interrupt you, but you think that they're succeeding though? To to a very small degree, but where I was going with that is, in order to make it more successful, I do think we need to push the officials to just stop. You know, stop. I, I think really a big part of it is stop throwing the food away at restaurants and stop throwing the food away. At grocery stores like why are we throwing all of this food away if you really think about that the real reason to do that is to tell homeless people that they're trash to keep to enforce this sense of they're supposed to be looked down upon when well Jesus, i don't know if that's the only reason they do i that, feel though. like it's the only reason no i i think it's cheaper to do it 
to do it like that. Than to give it to homeless people? Yeah. Why? How is that cheap? Because it, it adds another cog into the things that people have to do. And like, what do you mean? Like you, like you said, grocery stores. Like how they would have to take those vegetables that... No, the homeless people would go to the grocery store. Well, yeah. But they go to throw it away. You don't have to like organize any labor. The homeless people will do that labor. <laughs> if they're getting free food, they'll do that labor. You know what I mean? You don't have to. You know, that's not an extra cost. There's no extra. I don't. I don't. Buy no, I mean to the, the not to the person, <clears throat> but to the supermarket. But there's no extra cost to the supermarket. The homeless people will do that work. No questions asked what do you mean do that work as far as getting they'll they will get the food when so they're gonna stand at the trash can and wait right <laughs> yeah if you're literally gonna throw it away why not just you know put it on a cart roll it out to the homeless people that are in line waiting for it yeah and you're and you're making society way happier you know like instead well, yeah. of homeless people feeling like i just don't know that like the only reason that what people... other reason Think about that. What other reason are grocery stores and restaurants throwing food away when there's people starving? And they talk about we need to increase food production to help the starving, but there's starving people in their own community that they turn away every day. I mean, have you ever day. worked in a restaurant? Yeah. 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 So you know how much food gets wasted. Yeah, that's but, that's part of the reason right. I had this so, thought. So, <laughs> <laughs> so did you work as a dishwasher? I, yeah, I worked. I worked all the backroom job. I worked as a server at a couple places. I worked as a I worked as a dishwasher for one summer at a barbecue restaurant, and then I worked, and then I worked as a line cook another time. I was and a then dishwasher I worked, when I met Stacy. <laughs> I worked. <laughs> and then I worked. Uh, I worked as a line cook um, when I was at UVA. But anyway, there's a. For all of you that don't have never worked in a restaurant, there's a ton of food that gets wasted. A ridiculous amount. And if you've ever worked at a grocery store, which I can't actually um, attest to that, but I have talked to people that have worked at grocery stores, and they like some of them. Like one of my buddies, Jeff, he worked at a fresh market in Carytown, which doesn't even exist anymore. But he worked there pretty much up until it closed, and you know he he lived on the brink. He had been pretty much homeless before. You know, he's lived on the brink of homelessness, and he was basically sick and disgusted by how much food was thrown away every day. Mm -hmm. He worked in the meat department, so yeah. you can only imagine how much he saw getting thrown away every day. And that food, just all you have to do, you, you don't have to cook it. Give it to a homeless person. They're finding a way to cook that motherfucker. <laughs> I guarantee you. You talk about gritty people, like, they're finding a way type people, because that's yeah. how else are they even alive right now. They're, they're homeless. You know what I mean? Right. They're, they're fighting away. Yeah. Yeah. What, what about tribe or tribalism or tribal culture did you want to get into specifically? Well, I guess I would just, because I've thought about it before too. I, I would like to envision it, like just, just try and kind of put it in today's world, like put it in America today. Like everyone starts living in, in this tribal lifestyle, you know, mm -hmm. what is that? How does that, I, How does that maybe not even about the like what the transition, maybe not with, don't worry about the transition. Just picture it. Like in this landscape with this amount of people right now, like would more people flock to like lands that were 
you could farm like all the time or would would they still be separated or there be less people in Alaska? Uh, you know, I don't know. Like, Yeah, I think those are individual and family decisions, really. I mean, where, like, that's... Would metropolitan areas, like, just, yeah, like, cease gonna, to exist? Are and, they going to cease to exist? I don't know. I don't know that. But just in the world that you, you know, like... There's still going to be people, like, for, all right, for instance, you look at the population now. We're living in a global, quote-unquote, taker culture, totalitarian agricultural culture, this world that we live in, the mm-hmm. reality that we live in. Prison planet, all that, matrix, blah, 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 right? And... And I feel like there are still seven billion people. At least half of them are, or I would say, content. Maybe not happy, but there's a good chunk of people that are very content living this way. So, and so here's here's my problem with this culture is that they believe they have figured out the one right way to live, right? So if I'm gonna if I'm gonna argue that if I'm gonna say no. We don't, that's, a, that's actually causing a lot of problems in the world. So, you know, I can't, I can't, then if I'm, if say, say, hypothetically, I'm made the ruler of the world, right? I can't then hypothetically say, well, I outlaw this type of culture. Because that would be hypocritical <laughs> as fuck, you know? So what you do, you don't, you don't outlaw what you don't like. You just say, you just, you just open the cages of the prison. And the people that are going to run out, there's going to be plenty of people that run out. Everybody that's homeless is going to run out, yeah. you know, metaphorically. Right. This right. Prison, right? And, and they're going to start their own culture, their own tribe. And if you're free to do it and you're not, like, afraid of prosecution, like, all this, like, you know, like I was saying, like, why else are we throwing the food away? Because we're oppressing people that aren't willing to work the amount of hours that we want them to work. You know, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I think you're, you're, you know, you're hitting it spot on. You, we were saying like how tribes would be connected, like through technology, and like, um, I think you, you know, you talked on the last episode about technology a little bit, and I'm of the opinion of automating everything. Not, not your own self, though, right? And you don't want to no, 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 Earth. no, automating like. Food production, automating, like, just building construction, like, uh, fabricate. All labor. All yeah, human, all, all labor. human labor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can replace, all, we can replace almost all human labor yeah. with robots. Right, except, you know, robots, I will say, craftsmanship, they can't do that. But anything that requires well, very yeah. good dexterity, they haven't exactly mastered that yet. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. But, like, if you wanted to envision, like, communal living like oh absolutely we're heading in that direction you could imagine and, and I, automated I machines the people like at the very top of the taker uh pyramid i think they are actually in agreement with me but they're like how the fuck do we do it without getting killed when we get <laughs> you know yeah right <laughs> exactly so they're like how do we how to how do we um you know reveal this new world order of technology this automated world without becoming identified because everybody's going to be out in the open. Everybody that everybody yeah, you think they already have it. It's already there, but, but part of making it work is everybody gets identified and everybody knows everybody. Who are you, to, who are you talking about up there? Just, any, just anybody that the has elites? that. Yeah. The, the are you talking about that, the Illuminati? 
Yeah, you can call them. Are you, that. Ca- are you talking about people that were behind? People have called them that. The, you can call them the builder, all the conspiracy the theories, the Bilderberg Group, or the Trilateral Commission. Yeah. I mean, they, but these things really do exist. I know the people that are a part of them. Definitely shady. Do you ever watch um, uh, Dr. Steve Greer's stuff? Oh, on? Yeah, yeah. Not it's to go Steve, down the Steve, UFO. Steve well, but yeah, but as far as going down, if you're gonna go down the UFO uh, rabbit hole, Steve Greer is where to start. Yeah, I do like him. But um, but anyway, his, one but of the he things he emphasizes, t- but the thing that he emphasizes isn't the alien connection; it's the technology. It's right. the suppressed technology. Yeah, That's yeah, his yeah, emphasis. Yeah. Is right. like, where? Why are we suppressing all of this free energy? I know. And well, there's a real reason behind it. There's something going on. I know. There's something going on for sure. I think there's something on the other side of the man. Of course. But <laughs> so that's another that was a conversation I was having with my buddy James uh, the other day, who is gonna eventually get on here. Um, and that conversation is gonna be I think that might be the one that makes my, my podcast go viral. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but for real, we were talking about, you know, he was saying that the, the moon landing was fake or whatever. He's big conspiracy theory. He's, oh, he thinks open. the moon landing is he's fake? He's open to all of it. Well, he's open to any of it. You know? I'm open to that. I don't... I I believe that, that there's a possibility, but I don't... I got two words. I'm more on the side of... I, I kind of... I almost just, like, want it to be true, you know? I got two words. I got two words. Stanley Kubrick. Stanley Kubrick directed and told us through symbology in The Shining, he directed... Everything, everything that was on television that the public, the American public saw, was directed by Stanley Kubrick. We really did go to the moon. There, there really, that really happened. Right, right. But what the American public saw was directed by Stanley Kubrick, and that is why the fake moon theory got so much traction. Is because somebody proved that the film that they saw was fake. And so then everybody was like, oh, the whole thing's fake. And then that tinfoil hat conspiracy took off. But really, as I've said in a few episodes, the truth and lies are always a little more blended than that. It's yeah. not that easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, James and I were talking about the, the moon. And, you know, that, that was really the only part I wanted to get out was Stanley Kubrick. Because there's a documentary called Kubrick's Odyssey. It's actually a two-part documentary, but part one actually talks, part two is all about 2001, A Space Odyssey, and goes into all the symbology that he used in that movie. Yeah. The first one covers a lot more, like a lot of his early movies, but then... Was Clockwork Orange, is that like... Yeah, Clockwork. He was he directed nine total movies, and all of them are like epic, you know, he was like the Shakespeare of Was Clockwork time. Orange like early, or was I it... I think it was one of the first few, yeah. Man, that movie was crazy. I never see it. I've, the only ones I've actually seen are 2001 A Space Odyssey and The Shining. Yeah. I've seen those. Probably some other ones. I'm not sure. But the, the documentary Kubrick's Odyssey, the very first one goes into the symbology that he uses in The Shining, and it is undeniable. If you watch that and you come away and say Stanley Kubrick didn't direct what the American public saw, you're smoking crack. <laughs> That was, that was proof. That was, I mean, I've watched a lot of documentaries in my day and I'm starting to be able to decipher what's real and what's not. But if you can't tell that that one's real, you're smoking crack, buddy. Because I'm telling you, <laughs> there's too it. much evidence. It's, it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. It's like, yeah. you know, I'll have to watch it. People can try to convince me the flat earth is flat all day, but there's, there's just not enough evidence either yeah. way for me on that. Yeah. Because as far as I can see, it seems as if it's spherical, maybe not a perfect sphere, but spherical, 
in the third dimension. But like you were saying, there's other dimensions, there's other frequencies of light. And so, yeah, maybe it's flat in a different dimension or a different frequency. Oh, really? You this, you entertain it just a little bit? I entertain it, but I don't, in this world, in this agreed upon reality, this dream, whatever you want to say, this frequency that the Matrix has fixed us on. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's terrible in this, in this frequency, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. I, I do th- this I do, dimension. Right. I, don't, I yeah. do think it's not exactly flat i think it's three-dimensional and the yeah. third dimension i think it's three-dimensional <laughs> did you ever see in the second dimension it's probably flat did you ever I see i guarantee you it's flat in the second dimension actually but in the fifth <laughs> it could be flat too you know because this, well we don't know we see that but that's the thing you, you, you exactly there's no way you for you to even comprehend that's, that's so that's but my whole point is the oh the evidence in this kubrick's odyssey if you come <laughs> away and you don't believe that he directed that film all that right, the American all right. public saw, then you, like I said, you're on some serious <laughs> Got ones. it. Got serious it. Because that's <laughs> undeniable to me. Um, but I do believe even even Kubrick, even through the symbology, admitted, yes, we went to the moon. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The cover right, right, right. So what were we talking about? Technology? Yeah, I want to automate everything. But... I could totally see that working in a tribal. Um... Well, right, and even you know those Ishmael books that we were that I keep kind of coming back to, and it seems to be like the theme of my podcast at this point is even, <laughs> he even says, you know, the best aspect of taker culture, or the one aspect of taker culture that we're gonna want to maintain, the part that's working for us is the way we do business, which is the result of which is advanced technology. And so, in order, you know, based on what you were saying, like, how do we manifest this tribal vision in this ultra-connected techno- technological world, in this internet world, in this globalized world? I think the first thing you do is you have to use technology as a medium. You know, like, that's what I'm trying to do with this podcast. So you can also do it with a blog or your Instagram page, especially, like, if you're a hot girl, it's way easier, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but then you can, your Twitter, you know, there's always ways, like I'm trying to use this podcast because for me, I've always felt like I've connected people easiest with spoken word. Like I've tried to get messages out using social media and I feel like it's just not as effective as I want it to be. Yeah. Like the podcast, even through three episodes, which like one and a half of them I thought were kind of garbage, even my own criticism, like I still think it's done, made way more of an impact than anything I ever posted on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. It, it's great because it, it's more genuine and it comes from the heart, you know? Right. It's not like a... A repost. It's not based on, like, yeah, like, social media rules, you know, etiquette or whatever. It's, like, right. raw. More raw. raw, you know? That's one word that um, my homie Vinoj out in Canada, shout out Vinoj. I hope you're doing well, man. He's a member of the Wrecking Crew, which is... Uh, like a fan club for my favorite music artist based out of Miami. I think you probably heard me talk about it a little bit. But uh, he was like, that was like one of the, the compliments that he gave me. It was like, it's just super raw, man. That's what I appreciate about it. So, um, and he was also one of the ones that appreciated the ego discussion oh, yeah. from that halted episode. Yeah. Uh, he said that was definitely the best part of that one. Um, so, shout out to Noj. But, uh, but yeah, man, as far as like making the tribalism work in the, in the, a technological world um i think like i said that's the medium but then to actually connect like you are going to need to you know concentrate resources and get 
land, you know, get real, real estate, you know, not virtual estate at some point. And right. It needs to be a significant an, an amount enough for people to, you know, um, build a warehouse or like something cheap at first for everybody to kind of just use it as a shelter. And then, you know, you just continue working and continue pulling resources continue hunting and gathering and you're going to want a baker. You know, well, I mean, I think want your essential jobs. For yeah. Sure. Before that. Yeah. Before that, I mean, you know, you got to get the people there, you know, and that's, that's why the podcast is good because it doesn't, you're not forced to look at anything like you're on you're Facebook. Like, yeah, you, you have to choose to, to listen because you want to listen because you want to be a part of a, right. something that's, you're real. interested, yeah, real. Yeah. Um, like I said, like I was saying earlier, I don't know if I was actually, if we were being recorded when I said it, but it's like, my only rule is like, keep it real. Yeah. And, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, because I was like, what are the rules? Right? <laughs> like, keeping it real, like, you know, Chappelle has that skit. It's like, when keeping it real goes wrong, it's like, you definitely like, want to be real and under the right circumstances. You know, it's like, kind of very similar analogy to what I was talking about earlier with like, cooperation superseding competition like <laughs> you, you don't want to oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you don't want to be so like confrontation you don't, you don't want to like keep it so real like you got to realize where what your setting is and you got to realize your audience you know and like that's why a podcast like you were saying like people have to choose to listen to it and so like i'm a little bit more free because i don't have to worry about like pleasing my audience or like saying something to offend somebody like where I was going with that is you don't want to keep it so real. And I don't want to keep it too real around my grandma, for instance. Right. Like, to give a real life example. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I love my grandma, but I've been a little too real around her a couple of times. And like. So what do you not, call it? So what is that called? A, is that I don't respect? want to say it's like offensive, but it's no. like. Well, I mean, so I don't smoke cigarettes in front of my mom. It's just respectful. Yes. Yeah. See, I think, I think you hit it on the head. I think it's, a, it's disrespectful. You know, it's yeah, like. Yeah. I made my point. I don't need to be more any more disrespectful at this point, you know. <laughs> and I'm not. It wasn't. I didn't intend to be disrespectful at the time. That was, I think, youth, youthful ignorance, yeah. so to speak. I was kind of testing my limit, you know. Yeah, and there's like, you know, it's been a while since you lived with your parents, probably, but you remember living with them as a teenager, and like, you know, sometimes it boils down to just cohabitating closely with people for like, right. You can't always so be long. this raw. And that's right. like one of the reasons why I want to be, I want to start the podcast is for people who want to be this raw. Yeah. People who want to like talk about real shit and tell their story and talk about things that they feel like they understand that they want other people to understand. And I don't think that it's pros- proselytizing if you believe in your heart that this idea could help somebody, you know, <laughs> if you really think that you, that you have an idea that could help somebody and you don't share it, man, I wish I did. Feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I did. <laughs> you don't, you don't think you have one idea or one thought that you would share that you think could help somebody. I guess I, or one story, even just like a story that somebody could relate to and be like, damn, like at least I'm not the only one that's been through that. I don't know. I mean, I reflect on that. So that's the reason why I kind of introed with that story about like how I quit my job and, uh, went out a trip for whatever three years right. so when i took that trip i i was trying to have an experience like i would i was at work i was in a corporate setting and I, and I wanted to be free 
and I really had plans to take a motorcycle trip like south of the border, like go down to South America, but you didn't quite make it that far. I just went cross country. But anyway, I thought that like that experience would be like enlightening, you know, like, um, and it had all these like lofty go like, like going to Colorado and spending a season on the slopes was like a dream of mine to do, like almost like crossing something off the bucket list, you know? And it's like, I couldn't sit behind that desk and like, have those things like that are po total possibilities in my head, like of things that I could do, but I can't cause I'm stuck here behind the desk designing parts for whatever. Um, so I like idealized that, that whole vision of, you know, freedom and doing whatever I want and being a nomad and going live on a yoga ashram and whatever. And then I did it. And the first experience was I got kicked out of that uh, ashram because uh, they have a lot of very strict rules. And when I, but it was like total nonsense anyway that taught me that like, even though I was living in a communal kind of atmosphere where I, at that point was like, oh, this is like great. Nothing can go wrong. Everyone's happy. Everyone's nice. And then like, nope, you're kicked out because you were kissing up on some girl. <laughs> It's like, what? Yeah, you weren't married to, was that the rule? Yeah, so like the rule was if you wanted to date somebody, you had to sign a contract that said you intended to marry that person. <laughs> wow. So it was like, we we were working together on the farm and... So she got kicked out too. Oh yeah. And we lived in the next farm together. Nice. Across the river. So that worked out. <laughs> well, and then we broke up. Well, and then she left and like, and then I went to another farm. But anyway, that experience like taught me that like the politics, like I, I, when I was there before that happened, I was like, there's no, there's no um, politics. There's no like arguments. Like everyone's happy. Like, great. This is such a great place. And then when that happened, I was like, nope, all that stuff still exists. It's here. You just didn't see it. Here's an example. You're kicked out. <laughs> Like, just kind of like a slap in the face. And it's just like, man, that realization of like, this, this you isn't. avoid politics. Right. Well, yeah. And like, th that the grass is always greener on the other side, kind of like everything, you know, you're in it and it may not be what you think it was going to be. So then you're dreaming and every, that other thing sounds a lot better <laughs> than what you're doing, but. A lot of the times it's not what you expected, usually because it's not something that you know. It's something that like it's either I want to live in an exotic beach or I want to, I don't know, whatever. You don't know. It's a dream. So then when you get there, it's never what you expected. And usually a lot of the same things. That's another thing I found out on the travels. Is like a lot of the same things that were in these other places were still back home. Like I didn't. The scenery changed, but essentially it was life as usual, you know, life as normal. Right. But yeah, I mean, like I tell people that all the time, like the grass is always greener. Like it's, you think it's going to be better, but it's not like, you're just talking about like contributions you'd like to make and that being, I think. Right. And I, you know, some, I don't know uh, how, how new this quote is. I don't think it's super new, honestly, but 
you know, it's, I feel like it's an updated version of like the grass is greener on the other side. It's like the grass is greener where you water it, you know? Yeah. Because it doesn't, it's not work in the sense of labor, but it's work in the sense of like self-discipline and like being real with yourself, you know, like goes back to the yin yang again, man. Like you don't, you don't want to be keeping it too real around the wrong people. It goes right back to that same scenario. It's like, you want to keep it real, but you want to keep it real around the right people. You want to keep it real in the right environment, in the right setting. Yeah. And, you know, part of my goal is to create that setting, to live, to be able to create that setting to a point where I'm living in that setting every day. And I'm like, literally every moment is in that setting where I can be raw and open and, and not feel like I'm a slave to the corporate person. Like I had to, yeah. I feel like, why, why do I even have to say at the beginning of the episode <laughs> that these ideas and thoughts don't represent the corporate person? Like yeah, the fact yeah. that I, the, the, I know. the reason that I said it so awkwardly is because why the fuck are we living in a world where I even have to say that? It's, that's one thing. Unbelievably ridiculous. That's one thing when we have our conversations, you know, you're like, <laughs> I was like, not like I think I'm better than anybody or anything. <laughs> And I'll like preface what I'm saying with that. And you, you'll always say, you don't have to say that, you know, <laughs> you yeah. can just say it. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. Like, I, <laughs> like, I appreciate other people's talents and skills. And like, I feel like if you're good at something, you should be proud of being good at it because it took work. Like, it takes practice to be good at something. You know, Tom Brady didn't become Tom Brady because he was just fucking that good. Yeah. I think yeah. it just breeds like, confidence you know and confidence is i think a good thing uh, yeah but and i think there's a fine line between confidence and arrogance but confidence yeah is, is, i will say this i do if you're gonna you're gonna walk that tightrope you're forced to walk that tightrope every day of every moment in your life of the of timid or confident you know or or you know basically of the extreme would be scared or arrogant you know um, and that I feel like walking the tightrope is that humble confidence, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, that's a lot, that's the one that I But I will say, I will say this though. And people are different in this regard. I'm not, and I don't think I'm right in this regard. But this is just a personality trait that I'm sharing. I will say I appreciate people who err on the side of cockiness. Yeah, because without that's saying self-love. <laughs> that's self-love. That's at least your yeah, 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 for sure. You know, like, I feel like the other going the other way. But would you say that one side is negative and one side's positive? No, I don't. I think both side overdoing either one is negative. Positive, the only positive. That's <clears> the yin yang, right? That's the balance. That's, you got to strike the balance. Either either extreme. So you wouldn't imbalance. Right, so you wouldn't necessarily say that the black is negative and the white is positive. No, I think darkness, you have to, you know, you've heard the term blinded by the light. Yeah, 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 and you said that in your last podcast. But, if then what would be the opposite of positive? Or what would be the other side of positive? The other side of... The yin, of, so positive is the well, yin. when you say positive, like if you're talking about electricity, then I would say the opposite is negative, and there's either one of them are bad. Are you trying to say one? <laughs> see, because you're, you're no, I'm talking about the word the good versus evil uh, dialogue that no, I had. Maybe not. Maybe not get into that. <laughs> maybe we should, unless you want to. <laughs> well, because well, because I do. I don't want to say it's bad. I don't like. I don't like thinking of, of it as. I, I'm not going to say that these 
concepts bad and evil don't exist. I'm not saying they don't exist. I'm saying I like to think of life as more like an art. And you're either going to create beautiful art or you're going to create like not so beautiful art. I, I, I like the word ugly, honestly, like over evil. And it's actually a word that my grandma uses all the time. And I always thought it was like kind of quirky of a word when she calls things ugly. But now that I'm older and like I'm starting to like view life as more of an art, I understand why she's like, oh, that was ugly, you know, because it's not necessarily bad, but that it was ugly, you know? Yeah. It just depends on the connotation that you put on the word evil, though, too. Right. Like, and right. what you attribute it to. Right. I mean, I really don't, I really, again, I don't believe in evil as something that's foundational. I do believe it exists, but it only exists because, as the result of believing in lies and then acting on those lies. Like Hitler, right? I mean, don't get me wrong, the result of every, everything he did could be easily called evil. But I'm, but what I'm, my point is that the fear that he spread, which caused humans to fear each other and like not trust each other, he bred distrust and fear and like anxiety and like this isolated feeling that a lot of people are kind of feeling these days yeah. for other reasons. But he bred it back then in a, in a more destructive, I will say, I will even go as far as to say a more destructive way. We haven't gotten there yet, fortunately. Yeah. Um, because yeah, I mean, he you know he sent the whole world to war with each other just by being very um, compelling and very charismatic with his fear based. He was a great artist. It was beautifully created, massive destruction. You know, he 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 was a <laughs> he was a masterful artist, but he just used it. He was a black magician. You know, he yeah. used words for destruction rather than like to create a beautiful dream or a beautiful life. Yeah, I just. Yeah. So my comment on the whole, you know, good versus evil. Or what's the opposite of positive? No, no, no. I mean, I think I'm past that, but like, you know, I don't think evil exists on this earth naturally. I don't think it's, if we, if humanity wasn't here, I don't think evil would exist on this so earth. So you don't think natural disasters are evil? No. Right. They're natural. <laughs> but, they're some like, people, but some people would say that they're evil. Some people would argue that natural disasters are evil. They kill thousands of people. It's tragedy. So, but like that's it a kills so that, children. So that shows that God's not all perfect. And all well, that's if you believe in God. Well, I do, but I but I also believe in an afterlife. And when you ask, and when you bring that into the equation, then it's like, okay, well, he didn't really kill their soul. Uh, and then, see, this is where my, like, fate comes into. You know? <laughs> like, I don't know. I think that everyone has a pre... Not, has a, maybe not a no, predetermined no, I, path, I like, but... I don't even like using the pronoun he. Pronouns kind of suck, especially when you're talking about the divine. God? Like, God could definitely be a... Sh it's God. I don't think God... Uh, I, when I picture... God is that quote, force unquote, that creates genders. Like, it's beyond... God yeah. is beyond... Well, genders. I don't even think god creates genders i think this dimension creates genders because we live in a god dualistic creates, god creates this dimension right if you think he creates yeah see this or he, he she he, whatever yeah. i don't even picture i picture it as a light i see it as a force i see it as a light well isn't the light a force light light is a force sure yeah it's an expanding force it expands into the darkness yeah it penetrates darkness but i don't necessarily believe in the devil <laughs> I think the devil is like the personification of the prince of lies. You know, the Bible even kind of tries to allude to it. The what they call the devil, or 
Yeah. What, what a lot of people, what, what you know, the mainstream calls the devil, the Bible calls the Prince of Lies. That was really the moment in my teenage years when I started turning away from the church was when, actually it was in Sunday school uh, class with my dad. My dad was a Sunday school teacher for like 20 some years. And he, I sat, I would sit in on their classes sometimes and he would teach the adults. And was, I was sitting in the class and he was reading a Bible verse and I don't quite remember how it came up, but he basically was like questioning some of the things that were in the Bible and saying like, well, you know, I don't really believe that the death that, that Satan is real. And everyone, like everyone in the church was older and white and just kind of like reeled back. And we're just like, what? Traditionalist. Really? Orthodox. And my dad, my dad was just like, yeah, I mean, I don't believe that a God so loving would send his people to hell, you know, what, 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 you know, the Bible teaches forgiveness or whatever, you know, like love your neighbor, you know, not, um, send your neighbor to hell, <laughs> you know, right. but that's people, those people like also believe in the wrath of God too, you know, right. like, they're old Testament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they pretend like they love Jesus, but they don't live Jesus. Right. Right. That's for sure. I used to have a Jesus bobblehead on my dashboard. I fucks with Jesus. <laughs> I love Jesus. Jesus is my homie. Jesus is pretty fucking cool to me. Yeah, I Jesus is... <laughs> he fucking died on a cross just because he was like, I'm that real, though. I, yeah. ain't, gonna, I ain't gonna put up with y'all shit. Now, nail me to this cross. I'm still gonna be real. Fuck y'all. Yeah. But that was, you know... <laughs> that was like the first time I like re realized like, oh, man. I don't have to believe this. Like, I can... I can have my own, I can have my own thought because my dad did. It was just right. like, oh, really? Cool. Yeah. And it was yeah. just like, that's all a, right. That's a good moment, right? <laughs> yeah. For sure. But, um, yeah, I mean, good versus evil. Like I said, I think it's, I don't think it's of this world. I think it's like something that but we bring it to this we world. brought. I, yeah, I, yeah. I agree with you. I agree that the, the foundation of evil, which I call the result of lies, is in a is not in this physical world. That's in our like mental world, that's, which is yeah. a real world too. You know, like the neuro, the new sphere, as some people have called it. Yeah, 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 yeah for it sure. Is, there's something real about that, and like certain artists and visionaries can even make that real, like in their dream world. You know. Yeah. But um, as far as like this world is concerned, I agree with you. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't think it's of this world. I think that it's the result of of the, the human created. Yeah, the Bible alludes to it for real. I'm not a super Bible thumper, but they they called him the Prince of Lies, the Deceiver. He's not called Satan, not 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 in that chapter anyway, not yeah. in that part. Yeah, um, you know, it's talk, it talks about the Prince of Lies, he who deceives, and that's pretty much what all he did was is people were living life as free, you know, and like tribally from what we call primitively in our quote unquote civilized culture, where war has been constant since you know. Our, our inception but we call ourselves civilized you know yeah. it's like <laughs> it's just a joke really but that's where we're at that's where we're at and so i mean i guess what i'm getting to is as far as the takers you know they've created this prison globally and um they're destroying the world and so you know i don't think 
in, in order to save the world, I don't think you can outlaw their lifestyle because then you're saying, I know that that way of living is not right. And, and like their whole problem is that they think they have the one right way to live. So my solution isn't to force everybody to stop living like takers. It's just saying to, to open the gates to this prison, you know? And like we were talking about earlier with the homeless, like let them eat the food that you're throwing away. Yeah. Let them, let them create their own tribe and let them live the way they want to live. And, um, a lot of that's driven by fear though, you know, afraid of the masses too and what they could do. Right. And I know you wanted to talk about ignorance and you were saying like, how are we going to make this happen in a world where basically there's a lot of Trump supporters out here that are trying to live like it's the fifties. Right. You know, they're not, they're resisting the change. They're resisting this move toward automation, automated labor. Um, right. It's like this something, I don't know, you're taught like growing up almost that like work is a, your work ethic is a value. It's like a high value. Yeah. And you know, we learn from, we respect and learn from our elders and you know, we do that. I don't know, man. I feel like we do that for way too long. Well, so it's interesting that you use the word elders. I'm going to go, this isn't even really a tangent. I'm going to kind of jump a little bit because I did mention something in the last episode that I wanted to clarify that I haven't even talked to you about at all today. Um, even when we were planning this is like, there, there's a part in there where I kind of contradict myself because I call myself a Republican. Um, and then I say, well, any of these forms would work if people were just better. And then I, you know, and then at the end of the day, I'm advocating for a tribal lifestyle. So how do these, all these puzzle pieces fit together, right? (laughs) Okay. I did want to kind of clarify that because tribes, they all had different forms of government and two ones that, you know, even we hear about in popular culture, when we talk about native tribes is like organized with a chief and the chief pretty much makes all the decisions or there's elders, like a tribe, like a council of elders. And so to me, that's like a monarchy and a republic. And democracy didn't even really work among tribes because the same reason it's not working for us, it builds into idiocracy, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and then it ends up being idiots rule and we have this chaos that we're seeing today. So democracy really is an overrated form of government in my opinion. I think it's a horrible form of government, honestly. Um, but that's where I was going with that to kind of connect it to, yeah, I yeah. really think living tribally needs to be the overarching goal here. That's the, the superseding, you know, like the, that's the cooperation. And then within that is the competition and with, you know, to relate that on the, the governmental level, if we're going to have a tribal lifestyle, there's still going to be a organized way of rules. They might not be neck thou shalt not rules, but there's still going to be rules to yeah, yeah, yeah. organize the culture and organize the tribe. And so what all I was saying, I'm not saying that I think it's the only way or the right way to live. I'm saying I prefer a system that operates a little bit more like a Republic where I said the word nobility, and that might come off as a little bit elitist, but I don't necessarily mean the wealthy landed elite. I mean, those that are, you know, maybe even elected. I'm not against a representative form of government that still can be a Republic. There's different, there's democratic republics. There's a lot of forms of republics, but yeah. my overarching point there is that tribal lifestyle needs to be the superseding. And then within that, if we're going to have a tribal lifestyle, 
my tribe, I would prefer to have it set up in such a way where there's not a chief that makes all of the decisions, but there's also not a total all-out democracy where, you know, the 16-year-old's vote counts as much as the 65-year-old's vote. <laughs> because the 65-year-old has that much more experience. I think it should count that yeah. much more. I don't know exactly how much more. I'm not going to go into to that level of granularity right now, but yeah. just to clarify that point, I, I, I know I made, I know I did say on that episode, I'm not a Republican like these motherfuckers, like the Trump motherfuckers, but I did want to clarify what I meant by that because it did sound a little bit confusing when I was saying, you know, at the end of the day, any of these forms of government would work if people were just better. And the reason that tribes worked is because of their lifestyle, but they still had forms of government. So I just, that's, that was the clarity that yeah, I yeah, wanted yeah. to bring to that. Gotcha. But yeah, I mean, so. Connected back to the reason you were talking about yeah, respecting yeah. our elders. Respecting our elders. I mean, yeah. So, like, that's kind of what we were taught growing up, I feel like. And, you know, people don't like. Like, hard work is a virtue. Right. And, yeah, that, like, just, you know, the great Duty American. The yeah, 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 yeah. So, those, idea, those ideals are just kind of instilled in, I feel like, I don't know. How much of America do you think is like that? I mean, I guess. 19% of the country voted for Trump. Yeah. <laughs> is that <laughs> what we're talking about? <laughs> I mean, that, I, listen. Do you, I think I, more than. I will say this. I will say this. And I, and I hope that people don't think this guy might actually be a Trump voter when I say this, because I'm not. But I will say that being a Trump supporter and a Trump voter are two different things. I think there's a lot of corporate oligarchs and businessmen that don't condone his speech or a lot of his beliefs but at the end of the day fiscally though fiscally they supported <laughs> him over yeah. Hillary Clinton voted with their wallets exactly yeah yeah so I think there's a big difference between a Trump voter and a Trump supporter but when but but even people so that you're talking about are Trump voters not Trump supporters well, not necessarily Trump supporters the people that have this old school yeah, kind of. I mean, but I also think that there's other people, too, that are afraid of change. Maybe they don't have those same ideals that, you know, push them in that line of thinking. But they are, maybe they're not, it's a different kind of fear. It's like more scared, you know, to venture off the path that we're supposed to follow in life, you know, like. That they, like, that they would never. That they were taught that they were supposed to follow. Right, that they, that, you know. The word supposed is a weird one. Right. You know, that a lot of people wouldn't go visit an ashram on the weekend, you know? Yeah. But, like, that Especially would be, like, the first like step in, like... Overly Christian or, you know, yeah. traditional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like That's, you know, you're, you're Hare Krishna. Right, right, right. Buddha, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Why do you have pictures of this uh, guru everywhere? Right. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, that hooey stuff. That magic, yeah, yeah, yeah. That magic stuff. But I mean, yeah, I think it's it stems from fear and it also just stems from, like we said, ignorance. I mean, um, but in this age with Google and DuckDuckGo, <laughs> like, isn't ignorance a choice more than ever? Uh, yeah, I mean, because there was a time I do believe. Yeah, I think it is a choice. A lot of, a lot of people. Like, for instance, the 18, 17, 18, early 1900s, going all the way back 10,000, 12,000 years ago, 
I think a good majority of people were were truly blinded. Like their belief systems were truly calcified, so to speak. Like they didn't they didn't even know that they had a choice. Yeah. Well, exactly, and that's what I'm saying. Like ignorance is just the absence of knowledge. Like it's just they just in didn't today's know. Age, in and today's you're saying age, do they have an excuse? They don't right, really have, they don't an, have excuse. an excuse anymore. Okay, let me give you an example. So like I grew up I grew up in Richmond, Virginia, like capital of the Confederacy. Mm-hmm. We took we had Civil War class, you know, right. all of going through elementary to, school. And I wrote a paper on General Lee and He's my great 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 grandfather. Oh wow, I didn't know that. That's cool. I'm on my mom's side, yeah. Um you know, I had this view on the civil war because of what it was taught to me and, and that slavery was a part of it, but it also had to do with states' rights. And yeah, the view but see that's the thing. There's this whole lost cause. Well let's theory, not right. So like, let me just like, get it off. It was actually about states' rights. It's like I don't believe that. I think it might have been a factor, but I think slavery probably outweighed it. At least Well yeah, that's what you, I'm getting at. Just, yeah, when you look at the way that these rebel flag flyers act it's like you guys don't really seem like you really care about states rights more than you care about hating on non-whites <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean like yeah but let me get to my I, point if if there and there are some i won't let you get to your point but i have to finish this one okay. there are some and i've met a handful of small amounts of people who are very classy and they believe in states rights and they have a certain nostalgia about the confederacy and they don't seem racist to me you know like mm-hmm. even just being legitimate they don't seem racist but they're but those few people they're the few that will acknowledge that yeah a lot of these people are fucking racist the ones that are afraid to acknowledge that they're closet racist <laughs> the ones that are like yeah yeah they know what the, you know like, for instance, there was a, just a, a quick aside, there was a story that happened at my high school. I went to a very country high school where um, my junior year, uh, I, I was in class with um, my friend Tim and this, this guy, Ryan. He's like a good old boy, but he's like one of the classier, I would give him credit as a classier one anyway. And then there were like some rednecks that had like taken the rebel flag and driven around like a gigantic one and stood on the back of their truck and like drove around the parking lot on Lee Jackson day. And, you know, like a lot of black people wanted to beat them up, which I can't blame them Uh, to be real. Like I I probably would if I was a black person too, if that activity was going on in the way that it was going on. Right. Right. Pompous about it. Right. And Ryan, who is like a super country boy. And I'm pretty sure he's like, you know, a Confederate rebel, good old boy. You know, but he's also, he was also like, you know, those motherfuckers know what they're doing. You know, when you're acting that way about it, when you have that level of arrogance about it, it's like, there's just a, there's a fine line, you know? And I don't, I don't necessarily agree with the classier rebel, uh, support. Like saying that's okay. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not endorsing that, but I do think that there's a level of respect that those type of people have that the arrogant ones are just, they're, they're off the charts, man. I can't, I can't endorse anything about them. So you wouldn't say that that's well. You wouldn't say I'm that, a states' rights person, right? But you, you wouldn't say I that, think that they stole that idea from the Iroquois Confederacy. Yeah. So you wouldn't label that as ignorance. It, 
it's that's again that's a fine line too because <laughs> do i know for a fact that ryan is a racist i don't he never he's definitely a good old boy definitely could have definitely has racism in his family history you know but like he grew up in this era and he never really did anything that i would say was overly ignorant he was like a baseball player. No, but the, see, but that's know, and I don't know him well. See, but that's what I'm saying. Not, not, I'm not I commenting. I haven't talked on, to him in you know 13, 14 years. Now. See, but I'm not commenting on the intelligence. I'm, I'm, I'm saying he just there's a certain amount of knowledge that he just doesn't have, and may, maybe it's about racism. Maybe it's about you know certain parts of history that he wasn't told or whatever, or the way it was portrayed to him as a kid and the way his family portrayed it to him. Right, you know? right. He might really believe in the lost cause. Right. This is what, I mean, was getting back to, like, what I was saying. Like, I was always taught that, like, states' rights was had more to do with it than slavery. Like, that's just what I was, how I was brought up. Right. And, like, oh, I think maybe in college I, like, really started to, like, kind of change my mind, my attitude that towards that, you know? Yeah. Like, maybe not, like, specifically. like Because the people that, that were much. out here talking about defend our heritage and the overly rambunctious rebels, like... They just don't seem like states' rights people to me. They seem like racists. <laughs> right. You know what I'm getting at. Right. right. But I'm just commenting on like how of the ignorance of it and like how. Do you think that ignorance is pervasive even in those people that believe the states' rights thing? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's what you're getting at. I'm saying that I was ignorant too because I just didn't know. I, I think a lot of white boys our age were. So. <laughs> Yeah, so then Especially you know, it was enlightening to kind of like realize that like, oh, I was wrong. Like, why the hell was I taught that that way? And like recently I was kind of reminded of that when like the mayor of Richmond got on and it was he was on CNN. And he was talking about these statues or whatever. And he's, he like commented, he was like, this is like the, it was the first time I'd stand and stood next to the statue because why would I? Right. And it was like, and the, even the CNN guy commented and was like, oh, yeah, why would you? Like, why would a black person in Richmond go and admire a statue of someone that was upholding uh, slavery? slavery right. you know? Now, Other now people, I will their, say this, you know? though. I will say this. I'm not going to, I don't want to be an apologist for the, for the, the lost cause people or the, the, the Southerners, the CSA people. But I will say that Lincoln isn't the hero that he's portrayed to be in history. And a lot of the people in the North are not the heroes that they're portrayed to be either because like, for example, the Emancipation Proclamation only freed slaves in the states that were rebelling against the Union. It didn't free slaves in any of the neutral states, Maryland, West Virginia, Kentucky. It didn't even free the slaves in like Louisiana. There were certain parishes that were on the Union side, and there were certain ones that were neutral, and there were certain ones that were rebel. And the only parishes that it freed slaves in in Louisiana were those parishes that were rebelling against the Union, not even the neutral ones. Hmm. So it's like, is he really the, you know, outstanding know. character that I don't that know. History I mean, portrays him to be? Like, I, think I don't slavery, idolize Abraham Lincoln that much. Right. Well, I'm saying, <laughs> what really I'm care. saying is, I think slavery has. Just changed forms, really. And they've enslaved more of us. It used to be certain races were slaves, and now it's like if you don't earn a certain amount of money, you're pretty much a slave. Like it's debt slavery now. Heck, I don't know, I guess. 
you don't you don't you don't think that it transformed? Uh, I'm not saying it's, I think, it's I mean, overt as it used to be. I don't think it is, and I don't think it's as I don't, racist as it used to be. But slavery, I mean, still exists. I think if if it did, I think what it transformed into was the penitentiary system in our exactly right. I think that I mean, even the thirteenth. If there's Amendment, any, that's the point Kanye has been trying to make, even though he's very eccentric and doesn't articulate. Yeah, himself if there's any analogy, much. it's got to be bad. I mean. The Thirteenth Amendment. It's like we we Talking about documentaries. unless you get arrested. Yeah. <laughs> like whoa, whoa, whoa! Wait, what? What? That part? Nobody talks about that part. You're right. But that's a real part. It's in the Constitution. Right. Like not even like a like a federal law like marijuana. That's not as serious as supposedly the supreme law of the land. Yeah, I just I don't get it. I don't understand. Like you you've been through the justice system before, right? Right, and. And, and I've been I went through it too, and and maybe we shouldn't go all the way down that road, but it's pretty. It's like, not. I feel like I was. I had an advantage being white skinned. Oh yeah, yeah. For, for sure. sure. I mean, that's one of the reasons that, although you know, I'm sure you've heard me speak against the the woke left and like this. I'm not a big left person at yeah, all. Right. But the reason that at the end of the day I call myself a liberal, although not a not a not a contemporary liberal, a, a classical liberal. Uh, the reason I call myself one is because there are definitely some things that still need to change, you know, and one of them is the disproportionate, the disparity of arrests for marijuana. Yeah. Like if that is that, you look at that statistic alone, and if you can't see that they're, I, I don't like blaming every little thing on systemic racism. I don't see systemic racism everywhere, like some of these radical leftists. But if you don't see systemic racism in the statistic of the disparity <laughs> of marijuana arrests, yeah, for you're real, tripping, bro, because that's like a ridiculous disparity. It's yeah, that's absurd. crazy. It's absurd. And then you know the Thirteenth Amendment. Now they're locked up. Now, so there's that. That's the systemic racism that it gives the left. Uh, you know, it gives them what do you call it? Um, credibility. Yeah. Yeah, it gives them ground to stand on, and that shit's got to stop if we want to. We want to get things right, both figuratively and you know, culturally. We got to stop lying to ourselves on the right. And I think, I mean, you know, black people live tribally almost. You know, not you know, know, they live more in communities together. They're they're definitely closer. They have tighter families. You know, and I think that's. It's I think more true the poorer you are, regardless of race. Yeah. Because it's like, it's a currency, having support, having energetic support from one another. Right. And that's what I want I to get out that, of this you podcast. Know? That's really the. That- they 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 live in those communities and and yeah, that would be. That's their currency. Right, and. They're tighter. You know that's kind of what I would envision. Tribes in this society looking like almost, you know, you know, like just that tight community relying on each other and, and then large families coming together until you reach, I do think there needs to be a limit. You know, mine is like artificially 360. It's just an idea that I had because 360, that is a good amount of people. It's like definitely enough people to like make a community work, you know, community operate well. Um, and like the idea I had was like 360 degrees in a circle. Um, so it's like a complete, 
unified circle. And you can have less than 360, you know, you can have people within the circle, but you can't ever, you know, if you go over 360, then that means you, you're overcrowded, like you've overdone the circle uh, and you got overlap. So not, not enough attention to everybody, but that's just a, like a, a random number. Um, you know, I think that we could come together at different levels. Like we're already globalized. We can't help but be globalized. So it's like, you know, at what level do we organize our schools? At, at what level do we organize our laws? At what level do we organize our environmental um, regulations? Uh, you know, because environmental regulations are going to change depending on the environment. You know, if you live on a river, there's going to be certain, you know, anti-polluting the river regulations. If you live in the mountains, you know, there's going to be certain, you know, amount of coal ash you can dump or maybe none, you know, depending on how clean our energy technology has gotten. Um, but there certainly needs to be regulation at that global level environmentally. But then as you go down um, that social stratum, you know, from global to national to uh, regional to communal to familial, where does where does that where do we form the foundation? Like right now, our society tries to make the foundation the nuclear family. That ain't working. I like the idea of a nuclear family, but we need a larger tribe to rely upon if your particular nuclear family breaks down, which is happening a lot in our culture. So we do need, I think, an extended family, and even an extended family isn't going to get the three hundred and sixty people unless you know right. we have a really really extended family. So it's right. going to be multiple extended families coming together to join these, to, to band and form these tribes that I'm envisioning. Yeah. I mean, even when I was living in the ashram, it was only like, I think 150 people. And that seemed like a lot, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, we, we had people where I worked on the farm, we had people cooking in the kitchen, we had people like cleaning and we had people like doing laundry or whatever, or like landscaping or blah, blah, blah. Just kind of like, what was the government like? Was there one ruler? Was there a board? There was a CEO, and then there was like a board. Yeah. So it was like a chief with elders. Yeah. Well, they had a guru. So like usually on an ashram, you'll have a guru. Like, oh, typically on every ashram, there's always a guru. On this particular ashram, the guru had passed away, and he wasn't replaced. So like, for the longest time, the guru was the leader. And then once he died, they never replaced him. And then they just kind of decided to keep the community going just in his name. Cause he kind of, he started it and they just didn't feel comfortable getting they another. Yeah. Immediately anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, they live like people live in houses around there and then there's like a dormitory where I stayed and like there's two dorms and yeah, I mean, you had your duties, you, I worked on the farm and sometimes I cook in the kitchen and meditate and do yoga and wake up and do it again. <laughs> right. Did you enjoy it more than what you're doing now? Um, I wouldn't say more. Right. And I wouldn't it's say less. Experience. It's just like a totally different experience. I mean, there are some things I miss about it and there are some things I don't like. Right. And, you know, it's just goes back to the same like grass always greener like it's just a realization that i have now like that even though i mean i do have aspirations that doesn't mean you shouldn't have aspirations or goals um but it's like being realistic i guess as well and um being okay like living in the in the present you know and, and being okay with 
with what you have and being grateful and um, humble and surrendering, you know, to, to, to just, to yeah, that which you can't control. Right. Exactly. Right. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. One thing um, that you wanted to talk about that we haven't gotten to yet. And I think it's pertinent to the COVID era that we're in. Um, it's kind of a Darwinian concept that you, you said, like, but the strong survive or only the strong survive. Yeah. Um, how does that relate to like our culture though? Because like we, you know, relating it back to Ishmael, like we've set up a culture where you don't even have to be strong. You can just kind of live as long as, as long as you quote unquote work hard as in go into the office every day and sit at a computer, then, uh, <clears throat> yeah. So that's there. like, that's a little bit on my darker side, I'd say, but, um, you know, sometimes I I see what's going on in the world and kind of wish for anarchy, um, you know, just to watch, I don't know, chaos, you know, let it unfold, um, let the chips fall where they may, and then... Uh, but don't you feel like it's already like that, and that, <clears throat> like, it's always been like that, and then, like, this COVID thing, and, and just the way things have been happening over the last few years, and the way they've been unfolding over the last few years, don't you think that that's kind of happening? Do you feel like that's kind of happening? I think it's controlled. I think, you know, it's, it, things have only happened because they've been allowed to happen, at least major things. I don't, I don't think um, they want yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe it has, and maybe it's my wish for some kind of doomsday scenario, you know, where I can, I can be the survivor because I, I know I could possess the skills to, to survive or whatever, you know. And yeah, but see, that's like, that's the thing. I feel like this shit's already happening. Like this Hunger Games society is already starting to happen. Um, and that's like part of the reason why I started the podcast is like, I want to have certain people on board for like when it happens, like we might not even have our cell phones to be able to catch each other. Like they might just cut that shit off any minute, you know? And what would yeah. We, <laughs> and what would we do? You know? Yeah. I don't even have a, I don't even have a landline. <laughs> I mean, that's something, that's something to think about. Like, what, would, what would we do if they cut off all the cell towers um, and all the Wi-Fi? And all the internet? Hmm. I'd probably go to my parents' house and like make sure that they're all right. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I feel like that's what a lot of people are gonna do. Yeah, and then well, I I, I guess my first step? step would be to get a radio, probably. Yeah. And like like a generator radio. Yeah. And like see if there's any kind of news. Like obviously some shit happened. There's gotta yeah. be somebody on yeah. the airwaves. Yeah. I don't think they're gonna. I mean, unless they shut down on the radio towers. Then what do you do? Right. <laughs> hope I don't know. They're not gonna start reading my survival them. books and hope that. Um... I don't know. It's crazy out here, man. And they could do it any day because it's like they've got the means. They're gonna survive. Yeah, they won't. They want to keep the machine going. Yeah, I mean, I get that. They need to produce. They need people. To yeah, produce they're not gonna. They don't know how to do a lot of the survival stuff. Right. Right. Their way of survival is controlling other people. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, uh, so I used to follow conspiracy theories pretty closely on a, on a website. and Right. Now, uh, that's something actually I want to get into a little bit further. Uh, let's take a quick break. 
I remember uh, not too long ago, um, I think it was actually when you were helping me put in the living room floor, you were telling me that you had had dinner with your parents um, not long before the COVID uh, pandemic started. And you follow this website called Godlike Productions. It looks like it's like a general forum online. Um, but basically, you follow a writer or some, some writers anyways. Yeah, there's like some... Uh, so it's basically a conspiracy theory website. Yeah, it's like a conspiracy website. But <laughs> yeah. I, I've, I've been on plenty of those. I'm not, I'm not judging that. I'm just saying what I was getting to was it sounds like one of them or some of them have actually predicted... Um, well, kind of, yeah. So, like, really, I started looking at it when I was in February, like January. And at that point, it had kind of kicked off in China. So, like, a lot of the, what they were posting was just kind of about what they were going, what was going on in Wuhan and, and just, you know, of course, a lot of theories on, like, where the virus started and um, how it started or how it mutated and like what it was doing and like what China wasn't showing us on those videos in Wuhan. I mean, I was seeing videos of like people being welded shut into these apartment buildings and like just some like blocking doors, like to get out with like sandbags. Like it was pretty graphic. Yeah. Um, so of course everybody on the website was saying, you know, this is, like, is going to happen in America, um, which was like, alerting i didn't so I, I used to follow this website a lot like back in high school and college and then i kind of had to turn it off because i would i got a little too much into it so I, I, i'll sometimes stray back to it every now and then and i think i may have caught an article or saw a headline about the the virus in china or something i was like oh, i bet these guys on godlike were gonna eat this shit up yeah so I went on to see it and just started like following it and like kept up with it and it just kind of never got old. Like it was just constantly new content, like new stuff. Like, yeah. and anyway, it got, it was getting intense and I was just kind of worried because no one in America was really concerned. I mean, it wasn't like a big, didn't seem like a big deal. So like, yeah, I was out with my parents and, I kind of told him, oh, oh yeah, it's for my birthday. This is in February. It's like the beginning of February. And uh, I was kind of like, yeah, you might, you guys want to, want to keep an eye out on this virus. It's, I think it's going to be a big deal. And they're like, you know, very shrugging it off. Like, ah, no, it, it'd be fine. Don't worry. Like, that's the, Nonchalant. yeah, like, that's not going to, it's not going to happen. Like, it'll, I was like that. Yeah. And then, you know, of course, it all unfolded, you know. I thought it was going to be like bird flu and swine flu and all that. Yeah. No, I mean, it was it was bad in China. I mean, some of the videos I saw were just kind of crazy. I mean, some of them, I think, were faked. I, I don't know, because there were a lot of videos of, like, people having seizures on the ground, and they were saying that was because of the virus. I don't think that's been reported anywhere in America or anything, but... Wow. Um, yeah. So, like... I'm not. I was. I'm not on it anymore, gotcha. <laughs> and I'm not on like the news really anymore either. Because I, I feel like now the cat's out of the bag. So yeah. it's like, here you, here you go, everybody in charge. Like you got to deal with this, <laughs> and I'm just gonna sit back and watch and see how it happens. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I mean, I know that you know a lot of people are protesting the mass and stuff, and like saying how it's encroaching on their rights, and it's like you know. 
I get it. Like, I get it. But like, come on. We're it's for a good cause. <laughs> like, just if, if you're not doing it, if, like I get it, you don't want to do it for you, but do it for everybody else, you know? Like So I, I have to admit, <laughs> I wear one, but not because I believe that it actually helps to spread the virus. I again it goes back to like what we were talking about with the evil. Like I, I think I think beliefs are way more powerful than people realize. And like the beliefs that you hold, whether consciously or subconsciously, like help create your reality. And there's so many people that believe everything the news tells them. There's enough people that believe everything the news tells them that them being told that the masks help spread the, you know, prevent the spread of the virus or help you prevent, get the virus. That belief almost like manifests to a point of, it, it becomes reality. Like, because there's so many people believing it. It's like an energy that is like manifested because enough people actually believe it. It wouldn't necessarily be like that, but because so many people believe it, it kind of is like that. I mean, I get what you're saying, but why would they ask for more people to be wearing masks when at the beginning they were saying, don't buy masks? But that's the whole, that's, that's like the main reason why I don't trust it. It's like, how you were authority. But there was a reason why they weren't asking. They said it didn't help. No, they said, no, the no, but that's not what he's, they said, that's what they said, but that's not what he's saying right now because yeah, no, he's, he's being asked these questions. But yeah, but you, but there's, it's very obvious that there, there were shortages or do you not believe that either? No, I believe that. I believe that. Yeah. So, I mean, why wouldn't they? The, yeah. The so what I'm getting at is if they were willing to say like, you shouldn't be buying these masks because we're having a shortage, then they wouldn't say that right now. Like they wouldn't say don't buy these masks or buy these masks because it's going to help you when they need them for their nurses and doctors. Like if it didn't help them, they would rather have them go to the the nurses and doctors. You know what I mean? Like, why would they ask you to do something when it's not, and it's in their best interest to not have you take up masks. (laughs) I think it's a symbolism thing. I know this is deep conspiracy shit right here, but I think it's symbolism. I think it's shut up. Yeah. I don't know, man. I think it's symbolism for shut up. Really? Yeah. Shut your mouth. Oh, man. Yep. That's some dark shit. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why I don't like it, but I wear it because the it's like it's like being in the Matrix, you know? Literally, like, you don't wear the mask, then everybody becomes Agent Smith. So you don't believe in the um, dispersal video... Um renderings they have of people sneezing in a grocery store and their particles going everywhere. No, I believe that, but I also believe your immune systems take care of it. Ah, so you're going a little step further. You're not, you're not saying the masks help prevent the spread. You're saying it, it gives you that the virus is is not going to kill you. Yeah. It's like a 0.24%. That's very global. Yeah. And that goes back to what I was saying about let the strong survive, right? Yeah, exactly. But everybody (laughs) wearing the mask, they're just uh, weakening their immune system. Like, people die. People get sick. Like, that's part of life. You can't prevent that. Yeah. Never in the history of humankind has the whole world been wearing masks. Even during the bubonic plague. Yeah, but never in the the world in history have we ever had a um, motive communication like the internet either i mean there's a I lot agree. of things i agree but we still didn't do it with sars we didn't do it with we we were all like, wearing masks during the spanish flu yeah 
And I don't know that we all were, but I mean, sure. I mean, that was another time when when everyone was wearing. I mean, it was it was best practice to wear a mask. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't. I didn't live there. I've seen pictures though. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it does seem like that there have been times where people have been asked to wear a mask before. And listen, maybe it helps. But my listen, my overarching point is that I don't think that when it comes to sicknesses, listen, if you really believe it protects you. Then wear one, but I don't think you can mandate other people wearing one. I'm gonna wear one because of the state of the world and because of the way they're pushing it, and I don't want to be ridiculed. And it comes down to, for me, pick your battles. And it's not a battle I'm willing to fight. When they come at me with a vaccine, I'll fight that battle. <laughs> <clears throat> this one's this is just not for me, it's not one that I'm willing to fight. But I will speak my mind on it because, in my opinion, it's symbolism for shut your mouth, and I'm not gonna shut my mouth. If you if you catch COVID, would that change your mind? No. Really? No, because I've it, like if I was gonna get it, I think I would have like my my. You feel like you would have gotten it now. I guess my whole principle wouldn't change because people get sick and people die. Even if I died, I would be happier living my life the way I want to live it than than living in this. I'm gonna follow the mandates of the authority world. And I know that sounds ignorant to a degree. I no, I didn't. I don't think it sounds ignorant. But uh, it's that stance is definitely everyone has. Everyone's stance. entitled to their but own beliefs. I, you say that. MSNBC doesn't say that. CNBC, NBC, ABC, CNN. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I know. I'm a you know I'm a radical right. <laughs> See, but that's the problem, right? It's it's the there's no open discussion. Anybody right. who doesn't believe the way they believe, cancel them. Exactly. It's. There, there is no. I understand what you're saying, but this is what I'm saying. It's just, right. this is what I'm saying. Exactly. <laughs> Respect my thought, talk. Right. Yeah. Like, uh, if you don't, if you, if you don't, be, you know, if you don't believe what I'm saying, then get the fuck out of here. I don't want to talk to you. Or if you don't agree with what I'm saying, I guess is what I should say. You know, I don't, I don't. It's ridicule. I'm like, the, and that's another reason that makes me suspicious. It's like. Why do you have to stoop to ridicule if you have, if the evidence is really on your side? Let's see that. Like, let's actually entertain all of the evidence because there's a lot of evidence that they ignore. They don't pay. Attention. I know. I know. You know? Let's so not get too deep into it. <laughs> yeah, I, right. let's, not, let's not get too into it. Yeah, I, I agree. We, we, I've been into it before. So <laughs> we don't need to get too into that. Plus, we, we do need. It's actually getting kind of. We're at a longer point than I expected. Um, but this has been a good podcast, so I'm, I'm cool with it. But um, any closing thoughts? Any uh, I know the one topic it looks like we didn't get to that you had written down here was uh, our connection with Gaia. Or no, Mother we kind of talked we, about we, it. We, yeah, we, I guess we grazed, grazed yeah, we, that topic. Yeah, we talked about it a little bit. And I, I mean, yeah, I pretty much got the point across, I think, that I would say right now at least. <laughs> right. But yeah, no, this has been great, man. Um, awesome. Looking forward to hearing more. Yeah, so like I said, this is uh, the third in the, the Lane, the Foundation series, which is kind of freestyle. Um, I'm just going to get like seven people, the first seven people that I really want to be on on. Um, and then, you know, I'm not exactly sure what I'm going to call the next series yet, but the idea is kind of building a home or building a house, but it's like a large house, like a metaphorical house for this whole community. So like the first episode was called The Cornerstone, and then now I'm laying the foundation 
Um, and then after laying the foundation, I might even get, try to get a few episodes where there's like three or four of us on at the same time. So it's like a multi-person multi discussion. Um, but I'm going to have definitely a few different formats. I know there was, a, there was a time where I said that I would never do another Alienation podcast without a guest. Um, for the most part, I'm going to stick to that. But I do think I might start like a, 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 sub, a sub series, um, like an offshoot series where it's just shorts. Uh, me talking for like 20 minutes at a time, um, you know, because I'm not able to get people over as often as I would like to, to do enough of these podcasts. So, um, especially when there's a, like a, a week break in between or more than a week break, I'd like to just put out 20 minutes of like a short series. Um, so I might start doing that, but, but yeah, that's what I've got planned for now. And again, um, thanks to everybody who's listening and participating. Um, I actually started a Google sheet that I added several people to today. Um, that have like themes and topics, um, people and historical events that we can discuss. And I've made everybody an editor on there. Um, so I'm genuine about making this a participatory podcast and a community that, um, you know, has every intention of being a more physical, real community in the long run. Uh, although for right now, it's just acting as a medium, like a, a virtual medium to actually get to that endpoint. Uh, but thank you all. Um, Love you all and uh, peace.